Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Starting Small Music Podcast. I'm your host, Justin McCormick, and today we have a very special guest with us. We have songwriter and producer Aaron Zuckerman. You're going to hear Aaron's story of growing up in St. Louis and what first got him into music. You'll also hear about Aaron's time doing music in L.A. and why he made the decision to move to Nashville, writing a song for Lil Wayne in Las Vegas with Ben Burgess, and working in the studio with Hunter Hayes. I had a great time talking to Aaron. I hope you guys enjoy the episode, and we'll see you at the end. Just keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. Try not to be bitter. You gotta do it either way. Keep a smile on your face and it'll be okay. So when life throws a jab, you gotta duck out of the way. How you doing today, Aaron? I'm great, man. How about you? I'm doing awesome. So getting right into your story, you grew up where and what first got you into music? Um, so I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, go and cards. I started, yeah, go cards. That's right. You're a cards fan, right? Yes, sir. I love that. We're at, we had a rough year, but um, I know. Um, yeah, I grew up in St. Louis. I studied classical piano growing up. That was like my main thing that got me into music. And I didn't really even know what being a producer was or anything like that. Um, so the way I figured that out is I was at um, a summer camp in um, at Berkeley College of Music, if, if you've heard that. Yeah. Um, they had like a five-week program and my roommate was just like, hey, I know, I know you're here for piano, but you should check out like what a music producer is. Um, I was like a sophomore in high school and as, as literally I remember reading like a Wikipedia on a music producer and being like, oh man, this is it. Like as soon as I read it. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I've kind of been chasing it ever since. Now growing up, what kind of music was getting played around the house? That is kind of your first memories of music that kind of made you feel an attachment to it. And then in high school, what were you listening to that kind of made you fall in love with music? Okay. I specifically remember listening to Lose Yourself by Eminem and yeah. being like, this is the craziest emotion. I have to figure out how to be a part of this. I must have been like in third or fourth grade when when that song was like kind of on the radio. And um, I just thought that song was incredible. It just felt like, I don't know, um, like so so emotional and, and like also made me feel so cool as like a third grader. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And uh, ever since then, I, I was like, I knew I, I knew I had to do music, um, but I didn't know I could be involved in something like that. All I knew was like how to play like classical music at that point. Yeah. So after you read that Wikipedia page in uh, in high school, do you automatically go out and buy a laptop and kind of start messing around? Or when did you kind of start trying to produce? Well, what was cool was um, when I figured that out, I was at Berkeley College of Music. So they had resources there. Mm-hmm. Um, so for those five weeks, I like couldn't get off, off of GarageBand on like one of the computers there. And then I realized that my parents were awesome for always having Macs. We were always like an Apple family, even when it wasn't cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so so the Apple had GarageBand on it. And my dad had an old computer um, that he eventually lent to me. He got a new computer and didn't sell the old one and let me put it in my um, walk-in closet. Um, and I would I, I worked on GarageBand there and then moved up to Logic from, from GarageBand. And um, yeah, we called it the Batcave. I would just have anyone... Um, in high school who wanted to like 
I mean, I don't know why it was so hip hop oriented in St. Louis, um, but like, it was like always like, there were kids in my class who wanted to be like YouTube rappers or SoundCloud rappers. And I'd be like, I'll try and make beats. Come on over, I'll, I'll record you. That's awesome. Yeah. Do you still work out of Logic then since you started on GarageBand or did you end up switching over to Pro Tools at some point? That's exactly right. I switched over to Pro Tools. Um, I uh, became a recording engineer out in LA. So I moved out to LA um, and I got, a job as an intern at um, a recording studio called The which is no longer in existence, which is really sad because it's a magic place. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, in order to operate in that studio, you just had to learn Pro Tools. So I just grinded and tried to figure it out. And yeah, that became like my normal DAW. Was there anyone cool you like worked with when you first moved out here that was kind of like your first like moment like shoot like wow this is like dope the first week i was in um L in la interning at that studio maybe i'd been in in la for like six months but i started interning and the first week larry who is still like one of my great friends to this day and owned the studio called me and he weezer's in right now can you can you do this and i was like no but yes <laughs> and i i got it was pretty cool it was like literally my first um first time engineering uh was with weezer they were rehearsing for a tour and they just wanted someone to record everything as they were rehearsing so it was pretty low pressure um which was great um and then i think like the second thing i worked on was um adam lambert i remember recording adam lambert's vocals and um it was a demo for him and i'm sure i did a terrible job but he was nicest guy ever that's insane <laughs> yeah now, did you go into this internship right out of high school or did you end up spending some time in, like in college before that? No college. Um, there was this program I was in for six months called the Musicians Institute mm -hmm. out in LA. Um, and I think actually, now that I'm filling in the blanks, that helped me learn Pro Tools a little bit too. So it was kind of a combination of the two. Gotcha. Yeah. What was your uh, first kind of couple months in LA like uh, networking? Like what were you doing to kind of get your name out there? Oh man, um, the first night in LA as an 18 year old with all my, most of my friends went to like Mizzou, which is like the normal college um, from St. Louis. Um, I, it was like, what have I done? I didn't know a single person. Um, I didn't really make too many connections through Musicians Institute. It really took a long time before I had any, I just, I had this plan because um, my friend's uncle was Larry, this guy who owned this recording studio. And I, I just figured at some point I could start interning there. That was pretty much my only contact. I really had no plan. I, I was still like on the internet a lot. So like a lot of the kind of like local rappers in the Midwest I was working with, I was still staying in contact with and making beats for at that time, which was mm -hmm. kind of cool. Um, but in LA, nobody. Now, were you already writing like uh, when you came out here or were you only wanting to be like a producer engineer when you first came out? I think I didn't even understand like what the roles really were, but I for for hip hop, which is what I started doing, um, it was all I'm a rapper. I can write all the lyrics. I just need someone to make the beat. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would do. I was just trying to get in where I could fit in and I love making music in any regard. So I think I tried like writing some like hooks for some of the rappers and, and they were into it and they always open to it. But normally it just didn't make sense for me to do that at that point. Yeah. Now an artist you've uh, released a lot of music with is Bryce Vine. 
how did that like connection kind of come about? And do you have a project you've worked on that is like you're most proud of with him? Um, Bryce, I met um, through. So later I ended up signing to another producer um, and he had signed Bryce. Um, and so I started working with Bryce through that. I would say probably my favorite song um, we did together was a song called Glamorama. Um, it's a really cool record um, based on a uh, Brett Easton Ellis book, I believe. Um, and uh, I don't know, it's every single show I think I've ever been to of Bryce's. It's like the song where like he turns off all the lights and everybody puts their phones up. Yeah. And that's just like, that's always just a cool. So I think that's probably my favorite. And I love the lyrics and I think Bryce sounds amazing on it. Um, yeah. And yeah, we just wrote it together in the studio. Now, what is this decision like to make the move from L.A. to Nashville? Uh, kind of what made you come to that? You know, um, some of the last projects I was working on in L.A. were super um, songwriter oriented. Mm -hmm. um, I got really into the songwriting craft over the past, you know, three or four years, which is obviously a transition from like just starting making beats. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I think everyone ag would agree the best songwriters are, are in Nashville. That's where like the craft really is. So I'm kind of just chasing that sound. And um, I, I came out for a few months just to try it out. And I had this, you know, kind of thing in the back of my head of, well, if the songs are, are really that good, I'll stay. And, and they, they were. Yeah. So it wasn't even about genre or anything. It was just about people being good at a thing that I was passionate about. Was there any writers that you knew from L.A. that were already in Nashville that you kind of started working with? Like, I know, like, Ben Johnson was out here in L.A. before he came to Nashville. Like, were you guys boys or working together or was there anyone else? Yeah. Well, I was going to say, man, uh, half of the people on your show are, like, homies. And it's so cool that you're so deep into this little world in Nashville. Uh, ben is like for sure one of my closest friends out here. And I think I met him maybe the second day I was in Nashville at a, um, I think he just had like a 4th of July party on his rooftop. Um, we were just grilling burgers. And um, it was through a collaborator named Fraser Churchill, who is definitely one of my closest friends also. Um, he had moved from LA to Nashville about six months earlier. And he also had called me and been like, man, the songwriters out here and, and just the the spirit of music out here is really special. You should come check it out. So Fraser really, um, I think the first session I did in Nashville was with Fraser and with another person you've interviewed, JB. Oh, yeah. Uh, that was like my first Nashville session. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, he kind of connected the dots there and all all homies to this day. Heck yeah. So a project you worked on this year was uh, Hunter Hayes' project, Red Sky. What was it yes. like working with him? Like, especially he's a musician that can literally play any instrument known to man. What was that kind of process like working with him? Dude, that guy is a monster. Um, it, it's it's like one of those things. And that was also part of like, wow, I got to be in Nashville because I he actually, he lives in LA now. Um, and um, when we worked together, it was so different from what I had been doing in LA, which I loved producing everything out on my own and making the entire track from scratch on my own. But Hunter was like one of these writers in LA where all you're trying to do is just record everything that he does as fast as possible on every instrument. Mm -hmm. So like that song, um, I think, was it Sober was the song that came out um, mm -hmm. with him so far? Yeah, yeah um, we've, we've written a bunch together and I, I think more will come out. But 
that one I remember um, like literally just I, I, I did the drum programming on it and then just boom, 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 like hit record as fast as you can because he's going to play keys. He's going to play guitar. He's going to write this incredible hook. Um, the guy's just a monster. And I, that was one of the things where I was like, man, I want to be around stuff like this. And, and I could tell that like the Nashville culture is, I would assume he would say that's part of what pushed him to be such a great overall technical creative, you know? Mm -hmm. For sure. Now I've seen on Instagram, you've been working with Ben Burgess in the studio, insane artist, writer. I mean, great yes. guys. I don't know if any of your guys' stuff has come out yet, but I'd love to know what his process is like in the studio, like as a writer and when you guys work together. You want to hear a cool Ben Burgess story about a song that we did have come out? Oh, yeah. Okay, so the first time I met Ben Burgess was in um, Las Vegas. We're both signed to Warner Chapel at that time. Um, and these, so these writing camps in Vegas, they're like absolute grinds. At minimum, you're doing two blocks of sessions a day. Mm -hmm. um so we walk into this studio and they go well you're not actually in this in the recording studio you're in the live room because we don't have enough space um and i was like fine I, I one of my like favorite things to do is just build a studio anywhere and just like get to work so i just set up my laptop um and it was me ben burgess alex delicata um and then jeremy and tim who are a production duo kinetics and one love mm -hmm. um and Ben, I don't know if I mentioned him yet. Um, so we just started writing this joke song and I don't know how much you know about Ben, but he is like a really goofy personality. And I don't know if somebody sensed it about him or if we just got lucky that we just were feeling goofy after being just cooped up in studios for five days in Vegas. Um, and we wrote this kind of like dramatic jazz ballad. Um, and Ben saying this like, super like um bravado like chorus um and it was kind of a joke and then we pitched it up an octave and we pitched everything up and then we were like we gotta make just a super hard hip-hop beat um that comes in after this and it ended up being a song that we sent to Lil Wayne and Lil Wayne sang the chorus and then rapped over it and yeah. Ben is still on the vocals and wrote the song that's crazy so the second we did that, um, we were like, okay, we're, we're boys. Um, and I think, you know, we're talking about doing an, an album together and, and Ben's been helping with a ton of records um, that hopefully will come out soon. He's, he's an amazing, amazing creative. Now, is there any producers that uh, you look up to yourself? Like not only maybe their work, but kind of how they lead, like when you've seen them work in sessions? That's a great question. I feel like I saw a ton of um, producers when I was an engineer. Um, because I got to watch all of them work. Um, unfortunately, typically producers don't see each other because we're running the session. We don't co-produce the same way co-writers always work with each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and I always remember the only person I ever emailed when I was at the, at the lair, the recording studio was, um, Oak Felder. Mm -hmm. I remember seeing him and being like, man, this guy's just dialed in top to bottom. He was working with Miguel and I really admired the way he ran a session um, and was able to do anything. Um, at this point, I feel like I really look up to my, I mean, people that I'm peers with and, and collaborate with, I'm learning so much from on a daily basis. Um, I love working, I love co-producing um, with my buddy Christian Diamond Pistols. He's in LA and um, I, I learn so much from him every time. At this point, I feel like 
it's always just people that I'm working with are just like, I assume I'm the dumbest person in the world and I've in the room and I've got lots to learn from all these people every time. So, yeah. Now, what is your creative process like uh, for when you're songwriting? Since you're a producer, like, do you automatically go to your computer and start with a beat? Or are you still doing like voice memos or kind of writing notes down on your phone? So it's always changing. Um, I feel like if it gets too formulaic, um, you kind of start to lose the magic. Mm -hmm. The magic is always changing and challenging yourself and finding new ways to challenge yourself. Lately, though, I've been loving, um, I've just got this loops folder and it's got like, I don't know. Let's see how many loops I've done in um, 2023. We're getting towards the end of the year. Okay, not as many as I thought. 168 loops, wow. um, but that's a, that's a good amount. And so I'm making. I mean, I was gonna say I make two or three at a time. So I mean, I guess that means I'm not doing it that often. But I love making these loops and then just clicking a random one and tr and trying to like come up with a melody and then a few a few lyrics and it's just kind of a seed. I like to do two or three of those before a session. And then when I bring it into the session, I've got like three, three ideas, you know, and then I may even listen to all my loops through and grab like eight more that we can just start from. Um, but I go in with, with that stuff ready to go. And then I'm also fully down to just like do something completely from scratch. Um, I'll normally in that case, either have just a title or I'll have, um, musical elements um, that I come up with in the room. And, but on the other end, I did a session last week where I had a full song written um, and I just showed it. I was like, hey, I've got this title. It's a full song. It's a full production. Um, what do you guys think of this? And all we did was just tweak it. Uh, we, you know, it was a short session. It was an hour and a half and we just tweaked it. Um, it wasn't my agenda to just make them cut my song, but it just made sense. Yeah. Now, as someone that's worked in L.A. and Nashville, what would you say the differences are uh, in the writing room or in sessions in general? Um, Nashville is 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 much more clinical. It's all about, hey, let's get in. Let's get right to work. Let's um, let's write a song. Um, this is how it's going to go. And let's get out of here, mm -hmm. which right now I'm like loving. I'm loving like the balance of like life and songwriting. LA, it's so much more like a lifestyle and all consuming. And like people say they're 1 p.m. Who knows when they're actually going to show up, which I'm sure you've experienced. Yeah. Um, they may show up at 2.30. Um, you're going to hang out for maybe hours before you start working. Um, and it's, it's much more about, um, I guess, like, I mean, it's so corny to say, but the vibe uh, that, that comes through in the music and this just like, atmosphere and an all-encompassing culture thing you know um la is all about just grabbing culture from anywhere and finding figuring out how to put it into the music um way more melody passes that are just kind of inspired versus like starting with a chorus uh way more beat driven and way more sonic driven um those are a few of the things that i feel like separate la from nashville and are really fun yeah. um and i'm so glad i spent time doing that yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, for me coming from Nashville first, it's been weird to adapt to LA because I feel like, like you said, like you get to, you're in Nashville and it's more like, all right, we're in the writing room, we're going to get to work. And then in LA, you said like they might show up late and then they might want to grab lunch first. But then like, like you said, it's all about setting up the vibe and then you end up getting to work, but it's definitely different than Nashville. Sometimes you don't even end up getting to work. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's really like this whole lifestyle 
thing, which is, it's cool. Um, uh, and it, 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 you know, it makes people believe the song in a different way. You know, I think where, where Nashville is trying to make people believe the song through technical, um, skill set, um, LA may be trying to make people believe the song through more just cultural influence and like real atmosphere. Yeah. Now, I like to close my interview, interviews by asking, what's a piece of advice that you've learned along your journey that you'd give to the aspiring musicians, songwriters, producers out there? Um, someone once said to me that it, it's always more difficult than it looks from the outside. And I think that that is amazing advice. I think that everybody wants to just see this series of wins that they knock out and just climb this ladder. And it always looks like that. Even this story that I probably told today just talks about all the wins that I got. We don't want to talk about uh, all of the disappointments that I faced in an 11 year career at this point. Um, Cause they're no fun to talk about, but you know, there's lots of ugly sides to this and you got to just push through it and, and celebrate the good times when they happen. Well guys, there's the episode. Thank you so much for listening in this week. And thank you again to Aaron for coming on the show. I had a great time talking with you, man. Everyone go follow him on Instagram at aaronz.mp3. Check out Starring Small Music on YouTube to see all the video content from our interviews. And also follow Starring Small Music on Instagram at Starring Small Music. And let us know who you'd like to hear on the podcast next.